0: Being in a place where you could actually do shows and people show up and you can put out a record and people are listening. It's like, it's hard. It's hard to get people to care about your music because there's so many people making music. So I think that first hump is really the biggest.
1: Welcome to Making Conversation with me, Grant Bryden, a podcast about music, creativity, and careers. For this series, I've sat down with a range of artists and creative professionals in order to learn about how their unique experiences and perspectives can help us in our own creative and business practices. For this episode, I spoke to rapper, producer, and multi-instrumentalist, Koa The Friend. The proudly independent artist has been making waves over the past few years with his blend of uplifting, relatable raps and jazz-influenced production. Having built a following through his self-directed Lyrics to go YouTube series, he released his debut album Photo and toured extensively last year. Not letting the lockdown hold him back, we caught up for a conversation as he prepares to drop the follow-up, Everything, this week. Recorded via Facetime from his home in Brooklyn, we discuss his musical background playing in bands, his new album and creative freedom so how you been doing how you getting on
0: man i'm all right just you know staying in the house like everybody else
1: yeah how have you been adjusting to to being in quarantine
0: it's pretty pretty chill like i kind of live my life like this anyway you know like staying in the house working making music so um It's kind of hard for you know having children around you know children when it's on quarantine because you can't go outside you know you can't do the things that they're used to and so they have to readjust i think it's harder for kids to readjust than it is for like adults you know
1: yeah your son's three right yeah how how aware is he do you think of what's going on
0: i think he's pretty aware like he talks about it you know He, he he knows that it's the coronavirus and he knows that we're in quarantine and he speaks about it and he like brings it up when I have to tell him like, oh, we can't go to the park or we can't go here. He's like, oh, because of the coronavirus, right? So I think that is something that kids are going to remember forever, you know?
1: Yeah. I think ev- everyone's going to remember it yeah. forever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I feel like it's like it's a brave time to, to release music, but also a really important time because I feel like mm-hmm. fans need music right now. Why did you decide that it was... The right time for you to put a project out
0: i had planned to put this project out around this time like months ago you know way before um the virus was spreading or anything uh so i figured like i wasn't going to change my plan because this happened you know the people are waiting for the music and so i'm gonna deliver it and that's it
1: so was it recorded a while before this happened no, I was I was in the process
0: of recording it even while this started going on, you know? So it kind of like I was working on it prior and then I was still working on it by the time that it started like really spreading, you know?
1: Your music's very like, it makes me think of being outside. It makes me think mm-hmm. of, is it difficult to make that kind of music and to record that kind of music under those circumstances?
0: Uh, I think the the most difficult part about it was actually collaborating with other musicians you know what i mean like uh usually when i record my background vocalists and instrumentalists is like they record right with me you know we record together and you know i have the microphone set up and they do their thing and i'm able to produce the record and i'm able to like guide them to make the record perfect you know yeah but because everybody's in quarantine i kind of had to had to trust everybody to to do their best you know and because I wasn't there to say, oh, you know, let's do this a little bit. It would be way too difficult to like, you know, make it exactly how I want to when we're not face to face. So um, that was really the biggest struggle. Like I have a backyard, so I be like going outside in the backyard, just sitting down you know, and getting some fresh air from time to time. So it's not it's not too bad.
1: Yeah. How did, how did you kind of overcome that challenge then? Like, was it a lot of phone calls and FaceTimes and stuff? Uh, yeah,
0: it was FaceTimes. And other than that, like the people that I've been working with are just really talented. And so, what they'll do is, I'll be like, yo, just do what feels right to you. Uh, I'm not going to give you any real direction. I just, because they're so good, it's just, I just gave them freedom to do what they felt was right for the song. And a lot of it came out dope. And used it.
1: Did it come out, do you think? the way that you wanted it to come out was is there still some stuff that's not quite how you wanted it or was there things where like you kind of got surprised by the fact that it didn't come out how you wanted but it's maybe better than what you wanted
0: yeah i think it came out better than what i expected you know like some people are more seasoned when it comes to like improv improvisation and just the more experience you have with music and recording, the better you get at it, you know? The better you get at just recording and making it sound right and doing what feels right. And so, like, there are a few, a few people on the album that it's like, I didn't really have to give them much direction. They kind of just, they just knew, you know?
1: Yeah. Like, going going way back, what is your earliest memory of hearing music that you really connected with?
0: I, I would say, phew, I feel like... There's different there's different periods in time where you know I connected in a different way to music you know like I think the first time I connected with, with a song like just with no influences just because I heard it and loved it was Kanye West all falls down I remember being in a shoe store when we were school shopping and that song came on in the store and it would just play like every 15 minutes because that's that's just how it worked and I remember thinking like, this song is great, you know. Like, and I remember for days I didn't know what the song was called or anything, and I was thinking about it for days and days. And then finally, my brother told me he was like, "Yo, that's Kanye. All Falls Down. That's his new song. You know, he's he's a new artist. He's out now. He's hot. You know, and he's he's signed to um Jay Z's label, Rockefeller Records. So I was like, that was the first time I really connected with a song, you know,
1: like on my own. Yeah. Did you grow up in a musical household?
0: Music was always playing. I'm the first, like, I'm the first musician in my house, you know. But um, music was always a big deal, whether it was soul and, like, my mother and my my dad were always playing music in the house on a Sunday morning. And the radio, I remember they had this really nice Bose speaker. It was probably the most expensive thing in our house, (laughs) you know, and um, it was... It just played really quality music, and the radio was always playing. It was on WBLS or Hot ninety seven or one hundred five, and those are just like the the major um, radio stations out here. And yeah, it was just music was always like filling the house. And so, like, I was I remember um, my mom always tells me that I I was singing Mary J Blige. I'm going down. She said that I would sing that, like, all the time. By the time I was probably, like, three years old, you know? And so music has always been a big thing.
1: Yeah. What do you feel like was the first music that you felt like was yours, like, your music that you related to and kind of brought into the house?
0: Definitely Kanye. Yeah. Kanye. Like, um, College Dropout, that, I think that album really changed my life. Like, just... Hearing it, it it gave me a a different perspective on hip hop, you know, and the way you can go about it. And I used to listen to that album from front to back, front to back. And it was long. It was a 21 track album, I believe. And I listened to it all the time.
1: Obviously, you started participating and making music at school. And Mm -hmm. I wondered at that time, was that something that you were enjoying doing? Or was it something that was just kind of, you know, just something you had to do at school kind of thing?
0: Um, it was it was that's an interesting thing because uh, when I started playing music, I was really interested in it. I I was kind of drawn to it. Like they gave us instruments. I got the trumpet and I was strangely very good at it. You know, like everybody like the teachers would kind of be like, oh, he should be in our advanced class. And so every time I went to a school for um, music. They would put me in the advanced class or so like bump me up to the, the next grade as far as whatever class is the best class. And um, I think when you're young, you don't want to do anything that's really good for you. You want to just play with your friends and do stupid stuff and hang out and whatever. And so I always wanted to do other things, but I always loved I always loved music at the same time. And as I grew up and I got more disciplined, I focused in on my skills more, you know, and I... And, And and I made sure that I got things done and I didn't stray away from my purpose, you know?
1: At what point did you see sort of... Because I guess you're playing trumpet, you're playing sort of classical and stuff. Mm -hmm. Could you see the link between stuff like Kanye and the trumpet? Or was it sort of totally different things to you?
0: I think music is just music. At At the end of the day, music is 12 notes, you know? That's it. Like all music is just 12 notes. I was I was playing jazz. I was playing classical. I was playing like more modern music. It was uh, I was in different bands growing up, you know, even growing up, I was in a couple of rock bands. And so I learned different instruments, the guitar, the keyboard. And when you put all those things together, you're always going to hear something from a classical piece, Some something that you can relate a classical piece to in like hip hop, you know, there's just in jazz, like like, even now, my, my music now is more, like, jazz-focused. So you mix that with jazz and the hip-hop. And then, you know, major chords and minor chords and major seventh chords. It's all it's all just music, you know? And that's that's really essentially what what it is. Yeah.
1: What was the instrument that you picked up after trumpet? And what drew you to that?
0: Uh, right after the trumpet, I was playing the guitar. And what, what drew me to the guitar was just... Like I was a big fan of like John Mayer, uh, the Beatles and a whole bunch of other bands at the time. Like, but I just I just wanted to learn how to play the guitar. I thought it was a fascinating instrument.
1: The producers that we listen to, the beat makers, they are kind of like one man bands. But a lot of them have never experienced actually playing as part of a band and playing in that way where you're just one instrument and there's other people around you. How has that affected the way that you produce and the way that you make music?
0: yeah I definitely whenever I'm making a song, I hear all the instruments you know what I mean you have to I think being a part of a band you instant once you're a part of a band, you can't go back to being in a situation where you're not thinking about yo what if there was a clarinet, you know or what if there was what what does the bass sound like and how does it change because everything when you're reading a a piece of sheet music your music is constantly changing you know it's not just i think with beat makers that don't play instruments and don't like really have a an, any concept of real music you know it's like it's it's a, everything is on a loop and it doesn't change and it doesn't turn into anything better and it, there's no there's no rise and no, there's no crescendo and it's kind of like stagnant you know but when you're in a band and you're wait, you're waiting for the change you can feel when it's supposed to change, and you can feel when the bass is gonna come in, and then we're gonna get some horns, and then the clarinets are gonna come in, and then the, the the guitars are gonna do this, and then the drum pattern is gonna switch up. You know what I mean? So it's like when you think of it as a as a band, it really becomes more natural, you know, and you can you can feel everything better that way.
1: Yeah. What was your favorite band that you played in, and what was your role in that band?
0: I was in like a music group called uh, Nappy Air, and what we did was like we all rapped, we all kind of sang, and I was playing the instruments, and we would also like work with we would work with other musicians to like perform and stuff like that. We'd work with bass guitarists and keyboardists, and, and I would play guitar from time to time. And it was kind of just like a very free experience, you know, where anybody could be doing anything at
1: any time. I know that N.E.R.D. were a big influence for you around around mm-hmm. that time. What was it like to sort of hear their music for the first time?
0: I became a big Pharrell fan through N.E.R.D., you know? Uh, I thought N.E.R.D. was, like, amazing. I, I had never heard anything like that before. And it just gave me hip-hop vibes mixed with, you know, rock vibes, like hard rock vibes and, like, punk. And like the the culture, they had like NERD had their own culture, you know, of just like I love music and I'm going crazy and I'm a black kid and I'm still I could still rock, you know. And so at that time, that just gave me a different view on a different idea of what I could be, you know.
1: Yeah. Did it feel kind of validating at the time to what you were doing?
0: Definitely. Uh, I've, I've heard there's a song by N.E.R.D. called Love Bomb that really inspired me to get up and do something, you know, and create something. And I think that song is solely responsible for propelling me into, you know, everything that I'm doing now.
1: Yeah. At what point from playing instruments did you start to record stuff and start to like produce and shape it into into that rather than just sort of practicing playing an instrument?
0: I think when I when I got into, when I got to college and I started working with my friends and I started the group Nappy Here, that's when I really started production, you know? And I started putting samples together and, and learning how to produce and, you know, listening to a lot of Jay Dilla and trying to really match his style and mix it with my own. And I, at the time Flying Lotus was big and it was a lot of different sounds a lot of different producers and i was still listening to nerd i was still playing the guitar and then it was just like mixing all of those things and so i think in college is when i started doing that
1: aside from music when you were kind of going through high school and college and stuff what other outlets did you have aside from music to express yourself
0: Uh, well i had a um a clothing company called flight boys and i used to just Pretty much, I had two jobs when I was in high school, and I used to use that money to like fund my clothing line. You know, so I would I would make shirts. I would go to the screen printer, and I would make shirts, and I would throw events at like local bars and places like that. And we would pretty much like do a concert. We were kids. We were probably like 16, 17 years old, and we would just throw concerts. So whoever's friend, whoever could rap was getting on the stage and we'd have a good time and we'd make a few dollars and we'd get some pieces later and you know and have fun but it was just it was just a good time so it was kind of like a creative hub for the city you know
1: yeah how important has community been throughout your career because it feels like that's a real sort of focus like from i know you've said before that like kids from pro era and stuff were playing these showcases but then on your album you're not necessarily ever going for like the big features it always feels like people who you just know and stuff how important is community
0: um community is huge you know like yeah the people around you matter you know like uh, i feel like a mistake that people make is they go after the big fish you know they go after the big opportunity the big person but You really have to stop and look around you and see who's around you that you can work with. You know, like when you find those people, those are those are your forever. Those are your forever friends and your forever. Those are your your people that are going to work with you and your colleagues, you know. So everybody needs a community to succeed, you know, And, and to to go far and to really make it.
1: When did you start rapping?
0: I mean, I started writing my first rap, I think I wrote my first rap. I was probably like seven or something like that.
1: I know there's stories about you sort of recording into the phone mm-hmm. and stuff like that. How yeah, did how we, did you develop that?
0: Yeah, Um. well, it's so crazy to, because we used to really just take the, we had this old answering machine <laughs> and I don't even know how we were doing it. We would just, show, that's how badly we wanted to record something, you know? We would just record onto the answering machine and play it back. And it's, I don't even know how we were doing it. I don't I don't even know how the technology worked at the time, you know? But we used to do that. We used to record our voices on an answering machine and um we used to play a beat from somewhere, like we would get a beat from wherever we could get one from and we would all be in a circle crowded around this one little answering machine, recording our raps that we had written. And that was at the time that was the best we can do, and we used to do that all day.
1: When after that experience was the next time that you actually went to record raps? Um, after
0: that, I hadn't recorded anything, and I wouldn't. I, I couldn't even really think about doing it until I was, you know, in high school and on my way out of high school, like my, my probably my my senior year when i was just about to um
1: go away to college at that time were you recording on your own production or had you not started producing at this point i
0: think i started producing and recording at the same time i think it was one of the situations where i kind of just got all the equipment at once like the the microphone the midi keyboard the little setup with the i remember i had the the black macbook remember they used to make yeah. those and I thought it was the coolest thing ever but yeah i got the the black mac and i had my own little setup and it was it was sweet
1: what were those first sort of songs like were you already from being in bands and stuff quite structured in terms of the way that you were writing
0: it was very simple i think it was more like verse hook verse hook you know what i mean kind of thing like i didn't really do i learned how to write i think i over time i just learned how to write songs and like Oh, this is gonna be the pre-hook, and this is gonna be the um the chorus, and this is gonna be the bridge and everything. But at first, it was just very simple, very looped music, just trying to get my feet wet with learning the technology because you have to learn, you know, the program in order to really make the best out of it, you know.
1: Yeah. How did you develop your voice as a rapper? Because I feel like you're very specific but very relatable at the same time.
0: I just kept rapping, like. I think every time that I try to like I get back into recording, I have to get used to my voice again. You know, like if I if I skip three months of recording, and I get back on a mic, I have to. It's like you have to find your voice again. You know, yeah. So it's like I I have to constantly get comfortable with it. You know, it's it's something that I don't think that's something that's gonna just stop happening. I'm constantly gonna be breaking in my voice.
1: Yeah. Is imagery important to you because it feels like you know on a song like she you're really putting this picture together that's quite detailed that's quite specific it's very easy as a listener you're really putting this image together i wondered if that's something that's important to you when you're writing
0: i definitely try to paint a picture with my words you know it's important because you want people to understand what you're talking about and so before usually even any song i'm making i describe where i'm at you know i describe the place the how it feels how it smells who was there what was happening because i want to bring you into that world and even in my song sometimes you'll hear in the background like birds chirping or you'll hear the sound of a highway or you'll hear the sound of a street sidewalk you know and I, i try to give every song a texture so people could really feel like they're right there with me.
1: Yeah. At what point did you start making video? Because I know that you've had a sort of simultaneous career in in video. I guess that's sort of meeting up with your rapping now. At what point did you start making video? It was like
0: 2011, 2012, when I bought my first camera. I bought a camera, a 5D Mark II. And I used it to shoot, to shoot music videos. I used to shoot a lot of videos just because I I wanted to have fun. I used to get my friends, some of my friends wanted to be actors. So I'd be like, yo, y'all act in this music video, I'll shoot it and we'll just promote it and get all these views and try to do other stuff, you know? And after a while I started getting work from like local people, artists, rappers who just wanted to make a nice music video. And I did that for probably like
1: three years. But then it also feels like going back through your YouTube channel and stuff, there's always been this kind of content element. It's not just music videos. It's stuff like Kota's Corner or Lyrics To Go, these short things that you've done. How important Mm -hmm. do you think it's been to have that visual, that video element to go along with the music, to connect with people?
0: Well, that um, the video element... It brought me to where I'm at today. I wouldn't be here if I wasn't putting out a video every week for months and months and months and months, you know, that really propelled me into into my career without the videos. I wouldn't have fans. I wouldn't, you know, have people connecting with me and just that's that's the reason why I put out lyrics to Go Value One, because. That was really for the day one fans who had been with me since I was, you know, really grinding and just every day working and shooting videos just to be seen, just so people could know who I am and hear my voice. So, like, so important.
1: Why was that the preferred method for you, though, Then rather than, say, putting all of that stuff up on SoundCloud where there wouldn't be a visual element?
0: I put a lot of music on SoundCloud already and it wasn't really going like that. You know, it wasn't really moving. And so it wasn't until I created one of those uh, one minute videos and I put that out and I I didn't know what to expect, but it actually started spreading like wildfire and people on Facebook were just sharing it and everything. And I moved that same thing to Instagram and I started pushing it on Instagram and then it started growing even more crazy. And so I just kept doing it, you know, so it's kind of something where it's like if it works, then let it work, you know, then do it.
1: Where did that concept come from for lyrics to go? I didn't have any money to make a real video,
0: you know, so I just stood there, put up the camera. I've shot every single one of those videos myself, you know, so I just posted up the camera and press record and then put it up on the Internet. I wanted to just showcase my rapping ability like this. I just wanted to show people like I can rap. I wanted to put something out there to tell people, this is why you should listen to my music, you know? So in a way, my music was more of a mystery, like the actual recordings of my like longer form songs, like three minutes, four minutes long, they were more of a mystery. And the one minute visual was a bait, you know?
1: There's that cinematic vibe that you have. That's kind of like, we've got subtitles of the lyrics, they sort of feel like a kind of indie movie where they feel like we're on the street with you and stuff. How did you develop that style? I
0: I think I just developed the color grading. I think the color grading really made the videos what they are, just the way they look. They look classic. They look like it could be an indie film. Like it's interesting, you know? It doesn't look like it was shot on an iPhone. Mm. It looked Mm -hmm. like it was shot by a really good camera. And the way the colors are is just... It's a it's a piece of art, you know, so I think that's what people like my fans look at it as like some people will look at it and say, oh, this is a low budget video, you know, but some people will look at it and say, yo, this is artistic, which I think it is.
1: Yeah, and I think especially it's interesting that because you've kept that style it sort of continues Mm -hmm. to revalidate it and makes it feel part of a wider world. How how did you know kind of to stick with that rather than, I guess, a lot of people want to have a big stylistic change for every video so that it looks totally different?
0: I think what I want to do is like, I think it's proven that big budgets don't make don't make the music, you know? It's like, I think by doing the, the way that I've been doing it, I show people and prove to people that it's about the music. It's not about a big budget video it's like I could do one like and I I wanted to do you know bigger budget videos for this album but since like quarantine happened I'm not able to do everything that I want to do so I have to kind of re-replan but all this time I've done it myself and I show people like yo you don't have to have the biggest budget so that's a um it's a myth now you know it's a myth that you need $20,000 to shoot a successful music video to make the song successful. It's not, it's not correct. It's not real. It's something that people are just saying. And so there's no excuse when it comes to why is your, you know, your music not doing well? Because it's like, it doesn't really matter. You can, you can do it on your own. You can, it's about how good is the music? Because that's what people care about.
1: Yeah. At what point did you feel like you were ready to make a project and how was that kind of process of starting to make something more fully formed and putting anything together?
0: I always felt like I could make an album. I knew that I could make a good album, but it wasn't until I made anything, my EP called Anything, and then I was like, okay, now that I have fans, <laughs> I want to make an album. You know, so when I when I realized that I had people that were waiting for music and they wanted to hear from me. And they were excited when I released something new that at that point I was like, all right, I'm ready to make my debut album.
1: What was the process of making anything like? Because I guess going from songs to going, I'm going to put a collection of songs together. What was that process like?
0: It was interesting because I had just put out not too long before that I put out an album called, um, well, not an album, but an EP called Paloma Beach. And I was not happy with how that came out, with how that turned out, like how the project turned out. And so I decided, instead of waiting, I decided to get right back at it and do anything, you know? And anything was really this very free expression. We're not waiting for anybody to post it or blog about it or whatever. Like, we're not trying to get the biggest features. I'm gonna get people that I know, people that are around me, and we're just gonna make good music, you know? And whoever gets on it gets on it if whoever doesn't doesn't you know and it's gonna be it's gonna be dope and so that was really um that was the concept behind anything and that's why i called it anything because i'm like yo it's whatever and the process was just like i i was in a studio for the first time that was the first time i actually recorded music in a studio and it was a really like it was a really new process for me but it was cool it actually made me realize that i rather record music in my house
1: right and i guess it feels like that sort of set the tone for the way that you've moved forward because again it doesn't feel like you're waiting for people it it doesn't feel like you're looking for all these big features and things like that how did you then though upgrade it and go photos the album
0: well i produced like 95 percent of the songs on a photo you know and so for me i always wanted to produce my albums because I wanted it to sound like me because I, I know what I want it to sound like. And so not only did I do the production, but it's just so much more is added to it. Like, like I said, like I talk about, like the background vocals, adding instruments, you know, and making it lively, you know, making the sound big. So that's really why I consider the photo like my first album, because I, I made I did that. I accomplished that in my like I added skits that made the album That really brought everything together and made it a story, you know? And it was theatrical and it was intros and outros and it just, it was really a story. It was a movie. It was cinematic, you know? And it's the same thing with everything where it's, it's bigger than just a couple songs. It's bigger than just a few songs. Like what I'm, I'm giving you a package that of of really hard work and a lot of time and creativity and patience and, collaboration you know
1: as someone who can play a bunch of different instruments what is the process like when you're making a track how do you normally get started i start on the
0: computer uh, sometimes i'll grab a sample sometimes i'll play a, a chord progression but i just i just start i usually start with the drums too you know I'll, I'll start with like making like a nice drum track sometimes every time is different though sometimes i'll start with a sample sometimes it's some chords Sometimes I play something on a guitar and see what that sounds like, and it's really it. It just all depends on how I'm feeling that day.
1: Yeah, it sounds like there's a lot of live guitar on on everything. Yeah, some of some of them are samples, some of them are live. Yeah. Okay, and a lot of the time is it you playing the instrument, or do you tend to bring in a session musician to to do that for you?
0: Oh, I bring in musicians for sure. Yeah, like, I bring, like, I bring in sax players, I bring in keyboard players and all types well I'm not I'm not bringing them in because I'm in quarantine yeah but they'll send me they'll send me what they got and we we make magic together you know
1: why is it important to you to to do that rather than I guess you know taking samples or going on splice or whatever rather than oh reaching out to people
0: I I do I do go on splice yeah (laughs) I do go on splice I love splice by the way like uh, splice is is really like I think it's a great tool you know yeah because people sample every day, you know? And the fact that Splice is like royalty free, it really pushes you to be creative, you know, cuz you can use the samples from Splice to then create something that nobody else could come up with, you know? It's like it's yours, you know? And it's the that's that's what producers have been doing forever. So I think it really pushes you to be creative.
1: Yeah. And then I guess there's always this live element in your music as well. This fusion that we can hear, especially on everything of the programmed sounds layered with live instrumentation. What's the significance of that for you?
0: Because you want it to sound, you want it to sound real, you know, you don't want it to sound manufactured all the time. You got to add that real music element. You got to add the live instrument element. I feel like if you want it to be soulful, if you want to add soul, you have to do, you have to add instrument.
1: Yeah. So... With everything, I know the the first track you made was Mikasa, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And then how did it become an album from, from that track?
0: I just really liked that song and I realized that that's what the direction that I wanted to go in with the album. And so I just kept going.
1: But you came up with this, I, I guess there's this question that runs through the, uh, the record of what what means everything to you. When did that question become kind of this driving force for the record?
0: Honestly, it was after the album was done. Okay. You know, after the album was done and I was like, then I wanted, it's like every, there's layers and steps to my process. And this was the last step is kind of like making it a story. You know what I mean? Like, and so really I called it everything because that was, that's part of it. Like what means everything to me? What do I want? What do I want to manifest? What matters to me? And so I had already done the track where I, I, I'm talking about what's important to me and my son and everything, the, the interlude that's, that's called Seven. So I pretty much just asked everybody else the same question that I was being asked, you know, what means everything to you, you know?
1: At what point did you have the title? I had the title since
0: the beginning. It's, this album is a, it's really a culmination of everything that I've been through, Uh, everything that I've had to get over. And I just, I wanted it to, to kind of like include bits and pieces from every project that I've dropped so far, you know? Like the flows are fast paced, like some tracks on Paloma Beach or on Palm Tree Liquor. And the beats are chill like they were on Photo. But, you know, it's just like, it's, it's a culmination of everything
1: I've made. Why did you think now was the the, the time to kind of fuse all of that stuff instead of maybe going in a different direction again and then bringing everything together later?
0: Because I think it's like, it feels like the end of a chapter for me, you know? I feel like I've been through a lot in my life and at this point, I just wanted to put these things in the past and manifest new things, you know? And so this is kind of like, the filter where it's just like everything that comes after this is just clean and brand new it's a different it's a different vibe
1: what is the manifestation thing to you because obviously you've you've mentioned it a few times and i know you've used it in the Mm -hmm. past to sort of manifest sort of names of cities and stuff that you want to go to and things like that
0: um i just want to manifest good things you know like i as soon as i realized that my words are powerful and things that i said Three years ago were coming true now. I, It's just important for me to always manifest good things. And so this album is a manifestation, period.
1: On the record, there's a lot of things that, you know, real life things that you're talking about that I feel like the audience really connects to and, and relates to. But I wondered when you're going through life, how do you keep track of what is going to make a good song from an experience that you're having?
0: I don't I don't keep track. I don't keep track. Uh, I just kind of like, when I, whenever I'm making a song, I just pull from everything that I've seen, everything that I've been through. And I, I really don't know what's affecting me until I'm writing about it. You
1: know. Right. When you put an album together, do you have sort of things that you want it to do for you? Do you have aims for it or expectations?
0: Um, no. Nah. Uh, I, I want to do my best. That's it. I think that's my only aim is to just do my best. Like even now with this album, everybody has high expectations. You know, every like all my fans are like, and I, I think it's one of my greatest works. You know what I mean? Like, but before I put out any project, I always say like on social media and Twitter, just so you know, I stand by this hundred percent. You know how you take it is how you take it, but just so you know, I'm proud of it. So, like, over everything, I just try to make something that I'm proud of. That's it.
1: Is there any anxiety there with regards to putting out things that you've been working on and sharing stuff that you've been working on? Um, no. I think that I'm pretty comfortable with releasing
0: music. As long as it comes from me and as long as it's, like, real, then I'm, I'm putting it out, you know? Like, I'm just not scared of that. Because everything I put out is going to be authentic. And if people don't like it, then they don't like it. Like, But this is my art form, you know? And I take my art serious.
1: Obviously, you spent a lot of last year touring. And that's not yeah. likely to be something that you'll be able to do for this album for a while. Do you have other sort of plans and things that you want to do around it?
0: Yeah, I want to get into some hobbies. I want to have, I want to have hobbies for the first time in my life, you know? Like, I want to i want to have a little garden i want to paint a rocking chair you know (laughs) like that's it i think right now i really want to just focus on living
1: what's been the most difficult thing that you've had to overcome so far in your career
0: getting fans like getting people to listen to the music you know like when people don't believe in you and they don't see your vision and they don't like a lot of people they can't hear where you're going with it at first you know and i think just being in a place where you could actually do shows and people show up and you can put out a record and people are listening it's like it's hard it's hard to get people to care about your music because there's so many people making music so i think that first hump is really the biggest
1: yeah your music your music's always been very inclusive as well and i I wondered how you kind of, I guess, walk that line between, you know, some people when they try to be too inclusive, the music can almost become so general that it's not really saying anything, whereas you're saying a lot, Mm -hmm. but still staying very open to, to everybody. How do you how do you balance that with writing?
0: I just I think in my writing, I just try to connect with people like how it's just the way I'm writing and the words I'm using and the phrases I'm using but at the same time still always be me. And I think that when you're yourself, if you're yourself, there's going to be a million gazillion people out there that are going to be able to connect with you because it just shows you I think it's just proof that we're all connected and we all share a similar experience as human beings, no matter how different we want to say we are. You know, we're very similar.
1: Yeah. What are you most proud of about what you've achieved so far? I'm proud of
0: the fact that I'm free. I'm not on a record label. I'm free to release music whenever I want. And at the same time I'm still successful and and people know about me and people care about my music when it comes out. And I'm just proud that I'm I'm able to be me still, a hundred percent, you know? Nothing nobody's controlling me. Nobody controls my art and I can do what I want, say what I want, freedom, the fact that I'm free is everything.
1: And lastly, what does success look like to you? Success
0: to me is owning where you live, doing the things that you like to do, taking care of your family, and just enjoying the life that you have, enjoying every breath to its full potential.
1: Thank you for listening to Making Conversation with Grant Bryden, featuring Kota the Friend. If you like this episode, then please be sure to rate, comment, and subscribe wherever you're listening to podcasts. You can find Kota on socials at Kota the Friend, and listen to his new album Everything available on streaming services from Friday. You can find me on social media at Grant Bryden.